Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading episode two of the Bullpen Cart, the Thunderbox baseball podcast. Today features Matty D, the co-founder of the blog, making his first appearance on the podcast. Really good talk he and I had talking about the AL West today. We had a pretty good argument of the top three teams and where we thought they would finish. So stay tuned for that. It's a uh, pretty compelling argument we both make on both sides. We also talk a little bit about the World Baseball Classic. The second round is in full swing. So we talk about that in the U.S. and sort of the the implications of the World Baseball Classic here in America. We also talk about Bleacher Creatures, Stadium Snacks, and we bring back a Thunderbog favorite, the Beer Corner, where Matt tells you what beers to drink. And everybody loves beer, so you want to stick around for that. So please... If you like this, please tell your friends, like the podcast on Facebook, on the blog, thunderblogsports.com, share the podcast. It's going to be up on SoundCloud. We're going to get it up on iTunes soon, I promise you. But please enjoy episode two of the Bullpen Cart. Here we go. Welcome to episode two of the Bullpen Cart. Once again, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, here with the man, the myth, the legend. He was he was uh, missing in action in episode one. I won't tell you where he was because you'll just be jealous. But here he is, the man himself, Matty D! Yo, G-Man, how you doing, dude? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, good. A little snow out here in the, uh, the northeast today, but uh, nothing we can't handle, right? Yeah, it, uh, it really sucked walking to work today. Um, it basically was... It was uh, raining ice cubes, basically, <laughs> walking. Uh, I, I was uh, able to take advantage. The one time SEPTA came in uh, came in handy, walked from Jefferson to Suburban Station, which you can do via the subway, just walk along it, um, and then popped up on the other side of Suburban. Since I now work at 18th and, Mark, or 18th and Walnut, but uh, popped up at 18th and, and Market and walked down the two blocks, which should have been like five minutes, but it took 10 due to all the ice. Hey, by the way, one doesn't know, congrats on the G-Man for his new job. Yeah. Uh, happy, happy for you, dude. I'm excited. I'm so jealous you get to walk to work every day. I know. That is fantastic. I'm going to uh, really reap the benefits on Friday for a uh, little St. Paddy's Day party at the uh, a certain apartment that's five minutes away. That might be uh, one of the <laughs> one of the uh, the guys that's on the phone, and there's only one guy there. <laughs> okay, yeah, Matt. Hey, St. Paddy's Day party. Everyone come, come by. Yeah, it's, me up on, on the south. Yeah, you know? uh, but we're doing the American League West today, not the American League East. But before we do that, it is you know that certain year of the four years. We talked about the first round in episode one. We're going to talk about round two, or at least the uh, the remaining part of round two here in episode two, the World Baseball Classic. Before we do that, Matt, because you were not on episode one, I want to get your thoughts on round one. Biggest shocks. Who do you think did well? Who do you think didn't do well? Uh, what did you think? Well, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I mean, obviously, everyone's going to say Israel is the biggest shock. You know, 4-0, I understand. Yeah. Um, and, and it's great to see them. Um, and I, it's, it's awesome It's awesome for the World Baseball Classic to have a team like Israel do that. Um, a lot of people were talking about the shock that, you know, the U.S. lost to the Dominican Republic, but they're so yeah. stacked. Um, both those teams are really, really good. And yeah. I think if you look at it, um, there's no way Andrew Miller 
we'll have that kind of game again. So I wouldn't be too worried as a U.S. fan yeah. about the longevity. As good as the Dominican is, by the way. I mean, they're, they're yeah. fantastic. I was going to say, I think so. the fact that we even had a 5 nothing lead to blow against a team like the Dominican is, in and of itself, is a shock. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, those two to me are the, the two heavyweights, right? The U.S. and the Dominican Republic. Yeah. There's some other teams out there as well, but the depth that those two got, we both, we and the Dominican have are just amazing. Yeah, we'll get to um, the Group F in a second because I think there's one more team that got in on the skin of their teeth. Um, I wanted to give you my my shock, which I also had Israel written on my little uh, n- you know crib notes that I have here, but I also thought Mexico not making it was a big deal. You know, their team, granted, they had to qualify for this, but they're still ranked pretty high in the World Baseball rankings. I I believe they were number six going in. Have a good amount of major leaguers. Adrian Gonzalez was, uh, you know, pretty upset about what was going on with the the tiebreak system. They, for those that don't know, they came in, they tied for second place technically. Italy and and Venezuela had to play a tiebreak game, which is new to the World Baseball Classic, but Mexico was not allowed to partake in it due to just metrics, basically. So Adrian Gonzalez was a little little PO'd, if you will, about not being able to do that. It's just it's interesting because they've done well traditionally, usually make the second round. They weren't in the U.S.'s uh, group, which I think might have been a reaction to the whole Canada-Mexico fight from four years ago. But that's my big shock is, is Mexico not even really showing up at all in this right. year's okay. this year's rendition. Gonzalez can be upset, but uh, he was hitless. From I mean, he, he did not have a great, no. great World Baseball Classic. So no. he would be upset, but you know, if they done anything more, they they won a couple games. Yeah, uh, they'd be right there. So at the end of the day, you can't be what was they one and two, I think, and, yeah. and you expect to move on. I mean, you know, it sucks for them too, obviously, but it's that's someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, moving on, looking at looking at the the group that's about to finish up the. One side of the second round, so basically now we're, we're closing in on the, the semifinals. Got to determine the two teams coming from the, the Asian side of the bracket, if you will. Uh, since it is March, we must speak in bracket terms. <laughs> um, but um, Pool E is the Netherlands and Israel coming from Group A. And then Japan and Cuba coming from Group B. Cuba's pretty much played themselves out of it. They're 0-2. Japan is 2-0 and has already qualified for the last round. And then Israel and Netherlands are 1-1. The final game is being played pretty much overnight. They'll be done by the time we all wake up tomorrow morning. With the Netherlands and Cuba playing at noon in Tokyo time, which I believe is midnight here. I'm not not a time zone expert. But then you have Israel and Japan. And like I said, Japan's already clinched. So you you don't know if they're going to rest anybody if they even have to because the first semifinal isn't even for another six days um but the one question i got for you matt because basically in order in order same thing there with the tiebreakers israel basically needs to win and and the netherlands needs to lose cuba hasn't looked good at all so i want to ask you how fucked is israel (laughs) i mean this is the problem they've got some they've got some players and some pieces um but they're in a lot of trouble. They have very little pitching. I mean, they, they've got some major leaguers who are, who are you know, very good AAA players. Yeah. I, I, don't want to put, I don't want to put them down or anything, but yeah. they're in a lot of trouble. I mean, Japan is a really solid team. Yeah. Um, I, well, I don't, I don't love them this year. I don't think they have a lot of star power, but they're still very, very good. I'm not, you know, um, they're in a lot of trouble. I, I'm actually just, I was going to say, I'm pretty bummed about Cuba. 
Yeah. Because they have such a potential to have so much star power, but they don't get they don't get Yasuo Puig, they don't get Yannis Espinosa. I mean, they're missing some big pieces there. It's kind of a shame for them, but yeah. Um, yeah, they're definitely in trouble. And I think the Netherlands will probably beat Cuba pretty handily. Tonight. Yeah, and it'll probably put Israel right out of it. I mean, it's a shame for Israel, but they. They got shelled by the Netherlands, twelve to two. I mean, yeah, they had the mercy rule put on them, and that's really where they get right. they get boned. Right, right, and you know what? It sucks, but twelve to two is a pretty bad score. <laughs> <laughs> Although I mean, they made hits, they just didn't score. But yeah. um, that's the problem. I mean, I don't love gotta the convert. Netherlands, uh, but they do have some young talent. They have some good defensive players, obviously, with Profar and um, uh, Simmons out there playing shortstop. So who Netherlands? Yeah, they have. Uh, the yeah. What's the name? They have Simmons and Short there. Uh, yeah, I think so. They got a, they got a ton of guys there. They have Simmons, yeah. who we'll actually talk about a little later in the pod. Um, Didi Gregorius from the Yankees. Bogarts, who's probably playing oh, third. Light, man. I yeah. wish had him. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him for a good amount with Greg in the first one, which you, if you haven't checked out, please go download, like, subscribe, give a comment. Let me know uh, how me and uh, Greggy P sounded. I actually just found this out. Andrew Jones and Burt Blevlin are coaches in the Netherlands. Do you know that? Yeah, I did see the end. I didn't see that. I told the Andrew Jones was a yeah. coach. So I think that's funny. I mean, he seems like a blast in the past. It was only a few years ago, I guess, he was in the game. Well, yeah, he retired, I mean, I don't know, a couple of years ago. But he wasn't really relevant right. since he – I don't think he's been relevant since 06, maybe? Right. Something yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, looking over – we, we can go over that Japan-Netherlands game in a second um, to kind of look ahead. Um, but looking at Group F, which starts tomorrow night with – actually tonight um, with the Puerto Ricans taking on the Dominicans. Uh, Puerto Rico doing a great job winning their group, Group D, going 3-0, and which I, I would not have thought of. We were talking about that before. But this is a good, pretty good matchup. It's the Dominican bookends this group. They play the United States last at the end of the at the end of the, the weekend, and then the U.S. actually plays their first game against Venezuela tomorrow. Matt, who are you liking in this? Well, I gotta tell you, this is definitely the better group in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think Agreed. it's pretty obvious. And U.S. and Dominican, we talked about them right at the beginning, but I mean, Puerto Rico can can play as well. Yeah. Um, my don't sleep on Venezuela. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, my concern with Puerto Rico is the pitching. Yeah. Um, they really have. They the one guy, the Mets right-hander uh, Seth Lugo, yeah. uh, who I've only seen a little bit, but he's got a nasty curveball. Um, so they they need to hope that the pitching can hold up. I mean, they've got fantastic infield um, with Carrera and, and Lindor and, and Baez in the infield, and they've got Molina as a. I mean, they're a really good team, but can they hold up pitching wise against the U.S. and Dominican Republic, who have arguably the best two lineups? I mean, they have the best two lineups yeah. in in the classic. So I think that's going to be their biggest trouble. So that's why I don't see them being Dominican. Um, I mean, Dominican, they can bring up, um, they can bring up anybody. They have such a wide combination of people to put together. Right. Nova and Cueto haven't even pitched for them yet. So they they have some really good players out there. So I'm, as much as I like Venezuela's lineup, they don't have the pitching to me. I mean, I'm sorry. uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Venezuela is kind of in that same boat, though. They have they have good pitching. They have Felix Hernandez, but he, as we'll get to when we get to the Mariners, he's yeah. he's sort of recovering right now from a number of different things. But you know, their their lineup though, their batting lineup, and they lost Perez in the first round on right. a conspiracy theory of the Kansas City Royals catching system. 
But I mean, outside of that, you still got Jose Altuve. You got Miguel Cabrera, who just put the Italians to bed in right. the first round. And they, they were down five nothing. Yeah, times. that was that was wild. That almost didn't work out. Yeah. So. <laughs> then you got our boy, the Bull, Odobel Herrera, playing, and he. Oh, you, yeah. Do you follow him on Snapchat? I don't, but I think I need to now. He is. He only he when he ta- he does a lot of selfie videos, and he only speaks in Spanish. But a lot of the stuff he does. He just looks like he loves life. He's either playing video games or out out with his friends or in the Phillies clubhouse, and it is a blast. And he he's just a fun player to watch. Yeah. No, I mean, but once again, that, that's the team I've seen after the U.S. and, 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 and the Dominican Republic is the black pitching. Yeah. Most of these staffs either aren't full strength or they just don't have them, and that's, that's going to be the problem for everybody against the big two at the top. So, um yeah, to me, that's really it. If, if the U.S. and Dominicans pitching can come through, I mean, everyone else is going to be playing second fiddle. So Yeah, I think Dominicans an easy send them through. I would, yeah, I'd go U.S. if they can keep it together. Because, I mean, the other thing with it, too, that we haven't touched on is the pitching limits. So right. it kind of, it's it's almost that great equalizer of that if you don't necessarily have the pitching, well, you know, you're only throwing them three innings anyway. So, you know, what's the point of of really complaining about it. Um, even though I absolutely agree with you having somebody like Chris Archer come out versus, you know, whomever, um, is a, you know, is pretty awesome. But, right. you know, I would definitely say either it's going to be the Puerto Ricans of the United States. Um, and let's just say for patriotism, it's the U S right. So I'd say Dominicans get, get number one, which means that they'd likely face, the Netherlands and the semis, which I think that could be the game of the tournament. Yeah, that would be fantastic. That'd be pretty awesome. It's a bummer just the way that the tournament lines up, that we only get A, one matchup of that, and B, that it has to be the semifinal. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think the one, the one. I mean, Dominicans have won 11 straight. And, yeah. and so the one thing you can get them on is they, they do start Bautista and Nelson Cruz at left and right field. Yeah. So that's a weakness there defensively. Obviously, yeah. those bats are incredible. But if you could, I mean, Cruz doesn't. He basically is a DH full time now. Yeah. It, majors. If you could put some some balls out there, you could potentially create some defensive problems there. Yeah. Um, you know, and also I'm not sure why Jose Reyes is starting at short over Gene Segura, who's a better player. But yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think what you're right though with the U.S. They need to get out of their own way a little bit. Um, and you know, Leland's a great manager, but he needs to kind of figure it out. And, and yeah, I agree though. I think they get in their own head. They're, they're expected to win because they're they're the United States. Yeah, exactly. So, I think there's some pressure there too. I think well. so. And I think I mean, there's always the ever looming, you know, why aren't the last was it last three years worth of Cy Youngs and MVPs not playing? So there's probably that added pressure of, you know, get him to come play. And apparently now I saw a tweet today that Mike Trout's interested in playing in 2021, whatever the next one is, which would be incredible. Um, I mean, as much as as great of an outfield as the core that you got of Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, both of the Marlins, Andrew McCutcheon, and Adam Jones, I mean, Nobody replaces Mike Trout. No way, no way. <laughs> he's the reason why war is a mainstream stat now. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's that good, and now we're going to touch on him, obviously, yeah, we're gonna in get, a little bit. Yeah, well, um, but I mean, I think, 
like we said, probably the, the Netherlands Dominican wins the big World Baseball Classic. Is that safe to say? Yeah, you know, I don't want to be unpatriotic. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think the Dominican's going to take it out. Yeah, I, I think so, so too. Good. I think and so like too. Said, they can, they can, if they're, they have struggling pitchers, they can roll out MLB stars yeah. to, to replace them pretty quickly. So yeah. won't be a big deal. Yeah, I'm with you, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, hopefully this is something where, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing, I haven't done the averages, but it looks like that the attendance is up. Um, I mean, you, we, there's a ton of stories about how into, or how into the, the, the games, the fans were at Marlins Park. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, some of that, that rustling and just the, the atmosphere, the players love it, uh, that do play in it. So hopefully they can kind of get these guys that are holdouts. Um, Greg and I talked about the first one, are the GMs holding them back? Which I think with the Cubs is an absolute yes. Cause I, I, have not seen a single Chicago Cub on any of these lineups, right? Except for Javi Baez, but he's I think I think that as many cuts as you give him, the better. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's something where this is a tournament that if another Western team wins, uh, no offense to the you know Japanese or anything like that, um, but a lot of the players on those teams, none they all play over in Japan. They eventually come over to the United States. That's how we first got eyes on Daisuke. But I think having a, having just a Western team win kind of gets the vibe around that. And I think, obviously, it'd be great if the U.S. finally did win. But Dominican Republic, I've always thought, is you know pretty pretty big pipeline of baseball talent. You know, all the big names when we were kids came from there, and they still do. Um, so, I mean, I would not be opposed to seeing back-to-back Dominican titles. You know, I'm okay with that, too. And I think it's interesting. It's kind of an interesting bigger point. Uh, the four big sports in America, okay, you can't really pick hockey because everyone's Canadian, but basically Canada is America, basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I would argue that the biggest international game in terms of participation for multi-sport, it's got to be baseball. It's yeah. way more than football, obviously. And our basketball claims to be an international game. And they've got some international stars from Europe and South America and Asia, but not like baseball. I mean, baseball no. really brings in people from all over the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, and I'm hoping we see more people from Europe and yeah. get, you know, from Africa, that'd be great too. But I mean, they, it's really an international sport. I know soccer is the true international sport. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Saying, but I'm talking U.S. big four sports. So, yeah. uh, it's great for, it's great for sports and it's great for the sport of baseball as well. I mean, I, I agree. Because the crowds have been fantastic. Yeah. And you get that kind of, that's awesome when you get that kind of hype and, and excitement around it. Yeah. Hopefully, MLB Network. I don't know. If, does Comcast own them? I, I don't know who owns the MLB Network. I don't know. Um, hopefully, the next go around, it's, it's something where that channel's more, a little more attainable on a basic cable package. I wasn't yeah. able to watch. I was able to watch some of the U.S. game against Columbia on Friday, but um, wasn't really able to watch any of the other games. I, I only saw the ESPN alerts when I was watching Championship Week. Mm-hmm. So that's something too. I think maybe now you might see a little bit of movement there. Um, but you know, I mean, it's all, it's still a work in progress. And I think you can't expect that world baseball classic four was the one that was going to push it over the edge. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Every one of these, you know, hockey tried it. Um, uh, yeah. Hockey's going to have the same thing, no matter what you say about the world cup of hockey, that's going to have the same, the same, same stuff. Right. And I think the other cool thing is, you know, it's like, I love a basketball fan and I love the Olympics, but yeah. sometimes watching the Americans in the Olympics, we just dominate the sport, yeah. and it's almost not fair to everybody else. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody else down to say that. I mean, hopefully, 
But I feel like baseball, everyone's caught up, and that's a good thing for yeah. the competition and such. I think it's like – and it's an interesting parallel you can run, but it's kind of like the Women's World Cup of just like – we're, we're, you know, the U.S. women are are ranked amongst the top of the world, but it's not a it's not a sure guarantee. So not anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fun to they, watch. It is thrilling. Twice to uh, France and, and England. Yeah, I mean, yeah, which is great. I and did not know that, Matty D. Given the uh, the hot, the, given the the hot scoops on women's soccer. Yeah, yeah. Was one one was here in Philly, right? I don't know where they were. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to. I don't want to totally. Uh, I know uh, they, they were. There was a. They just did a recent tournament, obviously, yeah. um, and, and a lot of them played, which was good. Yeah, I know. So, they were, I know they played a game in Philly. Maybe it was a friendly before. Yeah, um, like I said, it's, uh, it's it's good for the sport for soccer too. So yeah, I totally agree. But uh, let's move on to the main event, if you will, <laughs> as a part of our first six podcasts. Obviously, this is episode two, episode one, we did the American League East. Go check it out if you haven't listened. We're going to do the American League West today. Um, you know, we have an interesting division in baseball. You have the aforementioned Mike Trout in there, and we'll get to his uh, Angels in a few minutes. We're going to start, you know, from the bottom up, just like we did with the AL East. And Matt, you and I talked a little bit pre-show about this. We both have the Oakland Athletics at the bottom of this list. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate because I have. I've always been an athletics fan. Yeah. Uh, before Moneyball, before the movie, which was great. Were you a big white uh, cleats guy? Say again? Big white cleats guy? Oh, yeah. I love their unis. I think they've got a classic look. Um, you know, I want them to be so good, and they were good a few years back, but I think, I mean, you can agree with me. Yeah. They, they're going to struggle this year for a lot of different reasons, um, and they're probably going to be sellers at the deadline again. And I think you can just say that now. I don't yeah. need to really wait on that. Yeah. We um similarly to the team that that Greg and I agreed with in the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays. It's basically biding your time until your prospects start coming up and replenishing and, and kind of drowning out that trade noise. You got a, a bunch of good guys that are on this team and guys you don't want to necessarily part ways with just yet. And we'll cover a couple of those in a second. But you also got those big names that were a part of that great team from three years ago, like Sonny Gray, who. Mm-hmm. Didn't really play well last year and had some injuries. Had a shark, had a shaky year, and then he had a lat tear that he's recovering from at the um, from the beginning of spring training. I think he has two weeks left estimated on that injury or in that recovery time. So you you know you really got to think he was already hoping to get back to 2015 form, and now it's kind of unlikely to think that. And and you got a couple other guys that are like that too that are on their roster, both in the the pitching staff into the batting order. Right. I think, I mean, to me, Sonny Gray is the only real pitcher on the roster. They have yeah. a couple other young guys. Um, Kendall Graveman is probably going to be their number two. Yeah, he's the only other guy that pitched the entire season, and he got shelled last right, year. Right, right. I mean, they really, that's all they've got. So they're really, to me, they just need to throw some guys out there and see what they have. They're much fun guys. You're going to see a lot of, like, AAA guys coming up to pitch for them. Uh, Sonny Gray is probably going to be moved, and, and I, they can get the White Hall for him like they did last year with, uh, with Rich, Rich Hill. I think. Yeah. Yeah, Rich Hill. Um, they need to do that because they're, they're going to waste his, his prime, really, Yeah. Uh, which is a shame. I mean, they really don't even have a lot in, in the bullpen right now out there. They, they've got a Not couple a guys. Um, well, the one guy will be uh, Ryan Dull. Yeah. He'll probably be the closer at some point. And they have a bunch of really big names, by the way. we got a Ryan Madsen. Yeah, Ryan Madsen alert. Yep, 
Sean Doolittle and John Axford are also out there. So yeah. They've got depth, but and it, look, you, when you're rebuilding, the bullpen's the last thing you usually build. So, exactly. Um, hey, if look at the Ryan Phillies. Dull, right. If Ryan Dull wants to be traded, then and they can get a good deal for him, I would take it too. So, yeah. I mean, I know he's, don't go to mind, I know he's young. So, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a struggle for them pitching, for sure. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that you got guys that they can certainly build around, but you, you might wonder if they might move, you know, like a Chris Davis. Uh, I don't think you well, would. I think he's vastly underrated. Yeah. He's a fun player to watch. He's a fun player to watch, and he's somebody that, like, that the, the advantage of having sort of this young and, and pretty shitty pitching staff is that they pitch at a pretty pitcher-friendly park. Uh, a lot of peas there, but the you know, Oakland Coliseum is is pretty vast. Of course, being a football stadium that's used for baseball, right. um, unfortunately, no football team to occupy it anymore. I know, and you know, to be honest, they, 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 the athletics should move as well. They need yeah. to get their own nice stadium. I'm a big fan of the personalized baseball stadiums we see today. Yeah, um, and we've been benefactors of that with CBP. Right. Hey, the the citizens, yeah, I was say the bank is yeah. the bank is fantastic, and it's a big upgrade over watching them play and. In the vet, vet. oh yeah, yeah. Um, Nothing against the vet, by the way. A lot of history there, but I never want to go back. <laughs> yeah, um, the vet holds a special place in everyone's heart. But I think, um, yeah, you, you see a lot of different guys. You're gonna have a lot of platooning. I don't even think their outfield's fully settled. Aside from really Chris Davis, you're gonna have a lot of moving around. Matt Joyce, who they got a couple years ago, or maybe last year. Um, Mark Canha, uh, Matt Olson. A lot of guys that are just basically going to be played around with, see that you know what you can get out of these guys if they're right. getting an everyday spot. Um, you know, Stephen Vote's still there, but he could DH because he had injuries, and he kind of got all these different things. They lost their best hitter, who was the only guy that batted over 251, Danny Valencia. Um, you added Trevor Plouffe, which could be good. You got a young guy in the name of. Uh, Ryan Healy also over there at, at uh, third base, but you know it, it's something again that you got a couple of young guys that could come up and through the system, um, and maybe you see them come up in, in late July once they do start dishing out the pieces. But you know again that key to the season's bide time until until this all this all shakes out. Right, I think, and I think they got some pieces they can move as well. Like Jed Lowry's still there. Uh, yeah. Yonder Alonso never really clicked, but if he were to do something, he was always a big prospect. So maybe, maybe he's another guy that, that they move. And Rodney Davis is back, I think, and he'll be. I got to see if he can play every day. But there's a couple guys yeah. that can move for some small pieces and, and some decent draft picks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move up though. Move up to number four. We got. Uh, I, I would think you have the same team there, but I got the. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of North America on our uh, at number four. Matt, where do you or what do you or who do you have at number four? I should say. I unfortunately have the Angels, even though it hurts me to say that because they have the best player in baseball. I don't want to hear anything else of it. He's the best. Don't argue with me. So I wanted so, to I wanted to play a little uh, little game about Mike Trout, a little over under on Mike Trout uh, stats, if you want. Over under this year on thirty five home runs for Mike Trout. I'm actually going to say under on that. Yeah, that's actually a good call. He's only done, of his five full pro seasons, he's only done 35 home runs twice. He did 41 two years ago and 36 last year, 29. Over under 100 RBIs. <laughs> I'd love to say over, but I don't see I don't see how he's going to get RBIs with this no. team. So I'm going to say I'm going to say under, but barely. Like he's going to be 80, 90 guy. Yeah. He's going to 
Really, he's got to manufacture RBIs somehow. Yeah. He did. He got 100 last year, and that's only the second time. And here's the most interesting over-under, or really it's going to be Trout or Pujols. Who gets more RBIs this year, Mike Trout or Albert Pujols? Okay, that's tough because you're assuming Pujols stays healthy. Now I know they're yeah. probably going to DH him, which is good for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate to do this to my boy, but I'm going to I might say Pujols because Trout's going to be on base, going to bat exactly. 325, 350. Hey, maybe even even 400 one of these years. So. so, so I had the same thought on Albert, and he actually is coming off of foot surgery in the off season, uh, the dreaded plantar fasciitis, mm. which is ankle, which is ankle stuff, uh, really heel stuff. Um, but Albert Pujols. Despite the bad rap he's gotten in uh, his time with the Arizona, or not Arizona, with uh, LA, he um, he's actually been healthy the last three years. He hasn't missed a ton of time. He's had some pretty good seasons. He um, the crazy thing though is batting average is not what it was in St. Louis. He's he's got the power numbers, so he has a really really bad sort of full game that he had when he was a Cardinal, but he still, despite the fact that he hasn't batted over 307 years, still is a lifetime right. 305 hitter, which I thought was interesting. They had a pretty deep dive on, on uh, big Albert, the machine. But I think uh, a player I'm pretty excited about. I have him on my dynasty fantasy team, um, but he's a pretty solid, solid guy. Cole Calhoun. I think he, he might, ha- he might be poised to have another great season. And I think, if he can get it going, that could help out with both Mike and Albert in terms of their numbers and maybe manufacture a couple wins. Right. I actually think as bad as this, I think this team is, potentially this team can be, I think yeah. they might have the best outfield in the division. Yeah, I think uh, so too. There's some good outfields. Not great outfields, but there's some decent outfields. Uh, I mean, Cameron Maven is there, and, and a guy that I still think, and you, could not, you probably disagree with me, but I still think got a bad rap in Philly was Ben Revere. He's out there as well. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I uh, it, It's just... It's it's hard to give a guy that's you know a small ball player a ton right. of credit, especially an outfielder like Shane Victorino yeah. at least hit some home runs and it made some clutch hits which got him a ton of attention. Look, I get it. You, you, you look, you're all with the lights and the glamour up in the sky. It's fine. I understand. Yeah. I understand. You know, you're not a true baseball guy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, uh, oh. I'm kidding. I'm who's kidding. driving the bullpen cart in the picture? Who's, <laughs> you are. Yeah. You are. Yeah, all right. I, uh, I just think it's a shame for Trout, and people have discussed about trading him. I think people people forget though is they blame the Angels, but Trout was the 14th pick in the draft, so he yeah. wasn't a number one pick, and he also came up right as the Angels were coming off a couple of really great years, yeah, and had some really big name players who had to end up getting uh, uh, injured. Yeah, so people are like, well, why haven't the Angels given him any help? Well, the They've only made the playoffs once in Trout's in Trout's career. And it was like the first or second year he was up. Because yeah. that Angels team was really good for a couple of years. It was his third year. in 2014. It was that year right. that they, they were really good and moving to pitching quickly. Um, yep. A guy that didn't pit, play last year, Garrett Richards, got hurt halfway through the season. And then he missed all of last year. So, I mean, you really can – and they, they sort of fell off the map. That was when the, the A's were really good too. And they really stumbled into the, into the end of it. And the Royals just got super hot. But I agree with you. I think Trout's just had an unlucky run. I mean, it's unfortunate to say it's Albert Pujols' fault, and I wouldn't necessarily blame it all on him, but getting paid that much money on a team that, you know, is the second team in a city to to a team that's bankrolled by one of the, you know, the more legendary figures in Los Angeles that now runs the team out there in Magic, um, 
Magic Johnson, the Lakers, right? Yeah, Magic Johnson with the Lakers owns part of the Dodgers um, to put the all the puzzle pieces together. So the Angels have always played second fiddle. Them even be calling the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim really doesn't sit well with a lot of Dodger fans. Um, but I mean, you know, politics of the the names of baseball teams aside, I mean, really aside from those guys we named, Udal Escobar, good leadoff guy, um, gets you know gets some decent power. But um, you know, you'll you'll see the the rest of it. We talked about Simmons before. I'll, Andre Simmons, Simmons, I butchered his first name. Really good defensive guy, but not so good at hitting. And that's sort of the, the idea of the, the bottom half of that order. Right. And there's nothing wrong with having him on the team because he is no, so amazing not defensively. At all. But when he's, unfortunately, there's not a lot. Like, there's not a lot else. Now, maybe Pujols bounce back, bounces back. They do have Danny Espinosa. Yeah. Um, and we talk about the outfield. But once again, even if you have a decent offense out there and the incredibleness of Mike Trout, pitching staff with Garrett Richards and maybe uh, Matt Shoemaker if he's around. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's, that's all they've got. Shoemaker's so. good at home, and he's just terrible on the road. And you yeah, can't, yeah. You can't, like, and you can't control when he's going to start because then he then you just become inconsistent because you're not pitching every five days. So, like, it's just it. And the back end of the rotation is going to be a revolving door. So it's hard to say, oh, this is what we're going to do. And, and basically, you know, you have Houston Street out there. And I don't know who's handing him Andrew, the ball. And Andrew Bailey, yeah, for well, the Phillies. It's, it's, it's literally the AARP members with Andrew Bailey and Houston Street. They're yeah. both kind of older guys. Um, they do have a young guy there, Cam. Uh, yeah, Cam Bendrosen. Bendrosen, I think, um, who might be okay. But they've got a lot of work to do. To me, though, if they could make a couple moves and move an Escobar or for a couple young bullpen and a couple young starters, I would give that a shot. Yeah, um, I agree. They also need to kind of decide what they're going to do. I mean, I think it's how do you trade Mike Trout? They're, to me, they're a fascinating team because there's always talks about trading Trout, but why would you do that? He's the best player in baseball. Yeah. Um, although, unlike the NBA or a quarterback in football, you can have the best player in baseball and not be in the playoffs for the last two, two years at least. Yeah. So I think that goes to show you how much of a team sport baseball really is. Yeah, and I think um, and going off and going back on, on that point, I mean, I think – the fact that baseball is so isolated, not only is it one guy batting for offense, um, you know, you can't have the high pass frequency of, you know, the Warriors type of type of game. <laughs> There's a difference between the Warriors death lineup and the you know, Toronto Blue Jays death lineup. Um, aside from the difference of sport, but the pitching, the fact that there's also a completely different staff that's controlling the defensive side of it and pitching, I think, I mean, they have some guys that are going to come up the, you know, maybe maybe you get Nate Smith or Vincente Campos or two guys that could come up, but really their bigger prospects on the pitching end are not this year talent. They're going to be yeah. you know, a couple more years of seasoning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. So let's let's move up into third place, uh, and I think this is where you and I are going to start separating. I have last year's American League West champions finishing in third place, the Texas Rangers. Oh, don't mess with Texas. That's rude. Oh, my God. Oh. I do not have Texas as my number three team. Who, who do you have at third? Uh, I have the Houston Astros at third. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'll, a little little hint. I don't have the Astros winning the division. But okay. here's my uh, my little take on the Texas Rangers. Yeah, and of I, course. I, I wrote this in the blog a lot last year in the playoffs and, and down the stretch. And and it's it's something that I thought was interesting about the Angels, too. 
Um, you look at things that I like to really look at um, for indicators. One, one is run differential. And the Los Angeles Angels had a negative 10 run differential, which gave them a – it's called a luck rating, which basically – Doing some math, you can find something that's called an expected wins loss, and using that that number of wins and subtracting it from the amount of wins you actually had, or vice versa, actually take what you had minus your expected, and you have a luck number. If it's negative, you were unlucky, meaning you should have won more games. If it's positive, you were lucky. The Angels, with a negative 10 run differential, should have finished around five, a little under 500. So they're at 74 wins. They were negative six. The Texas Rangers, who won the division and promptly got swept in the first round of the playoffs, had a plus eight run differential and won 95 games. They were the one of the luckiest teams in baseball. Unfortunately, the Phillies were also one of these teams. They, have, they won 13 more games than their runs versus runs allowed numbers suggest that they should have. And that's because although they have one of, still one of my favorite baseball players in Cole Hamels, the rest of their pitching staff is not there. And, I mean, you have you Darvish who, when he's healthy, has some, has some stuff. Martin Perez, pretty good guy, but he puts up a lot of runs, and then there isn't really a deep, deeper part of that pitching staff. Well, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I think now. So part of my prediction for this division is that you Darvish will be healthy for most of the year, so yeah. that kind of changes things up. They, to me, they have the best one-two punch in the division with Darvish and Hamels when healthy. Yeah, I'm we thinking he Hamels is too, but I still think right. the other three we know days. Hamels is a horse. Oh, we know Hamels is a horse. Yeah, I just. I, to me, the Rangers remind me of the last, like, six years of Cincinnati Bengals football. Okay. Regular season, they always seem to get it done. And when they get to the postseason, they stink. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm not just, that's terrible, by the way. And if I'm, if I'm the Rangers, you know, front office, I'm going, we got to fix that. Yeah. Um, that's why I like them again this year to, to be in the playoffs, because I just think somehow Ooh. they always get it done. Big take. You mentioned the pitching staff. I think the key for them, though, is they could possibly – they've got a lot of prospects and a lot of players they could trade for a pitcher. They so could. Thinking, You're right. I'm looking at maybe not Sonny Gray because I have some concerns with his health, but I'm looking at a pitcher like Sonny Gray and saying, can I get him to be my third or third or fourth starter? Um, Interesting. So I, think, I think they're a team that will hang around enough and then make a deal at the, at the deadline if they have the guys. Um but they got to have the guys, so yeah. we can talk about some of those guys in a minute here. But anyway, that's yeah. kind of my take on the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's an interesting take there. I mean, they got a lot of young, young guys, so it's not names you'll hear in a couple of years. Names you'll hear, well, you'll hear in a couple of years. But it's like the the Dansby Swanson trade when it first happened. Uh, the guy right. in the Braves, it's, it's coming up this year, probably win National League Rookie of the Year. Um, that Those types of trades. Um, I just think, I mean, you lose guys like like Ian Desmond's gone, um, so it leaves a hole in left field. Their outfield, you know, is something to be to wonder. You really, you've Shinsu Chu maybe playing, but he could. He's a little older. He could, you know, platoon with this guy Nomar Mazzara, who puts the ball in play. Um, okay. he, he came pretty. He came in pretty hot. 
My big concern with him is he can't hit lefties. They sat him for a lot of the, the end of the season against left-handed pitching. Um, so it's, it's really how can these younger guys develop the ones that are up in the majors? And then, you know, what are you getting out of a full season of Jonathan Lucroy, who really did well once he came to Texas? And then those other guys there, Elvis Andrews, uh, Rugnet Odor, you know, and all those guys, Adrian Beltre, who's a little older. Um, I, I, I will tell you, I think Beltre is consistently more. I don't know how he's so underrated as a yeah. player. He has done it every year. He hits and he plays great defense. Yeah. I don't get it. He's amazing. I mean, they, and they seem to sign him for. He gets makes money, but he should be better, more higher paid than he is now. I think yeah. he's fantastic. Um, but they, they're another team, though. I remember all those guys in the Phillies wanted to trade for Joey Gallo and obviously yeah. uh, Profar and uh, Ryan Rulaz out there and uh, and Mazar. I was hoping we would get Mazar in the uh, Hamels trade. Yeah. So, right. There's a lot of guys that they could. Did they? Did they sign? Who signed Napoli? Did they sign him? Uh, I believe they did. Uh, no, he went to he went to Cleveland. No, Cleveland. Yeah, right, right, he right. he that came was, from Texas to Boston. Yeah, always one of my favorite players. Yeah, well. I always like Mike Napoli. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I just think they've got a lot of. We'll see what happens. I just think they've got enough going on in the in the infield, a potential outfield. But you're right. Like Spencer Chu may not play. Carlos Gomez is there. Yeah, he's still there. Right, if he figures out his boomer days, he could be a fantastic guy as well. But uh, yeah, I totally yeah, I, I agree think, with you. I just think right. the the upper end of the division mm-hmm. um, are two of my my more favorite uh, American League teams to watch. Um, one team that you and I both you and you have them at third, I have them at second, and the Houston Astros. I mean, they're just fun. They've uh, they. Came up a little short last year, came in third in the division, which is unfortunate to see, um, you know, with that young talent. Um, but they, they added some guys that I think can make a big, big difference. I would definitely mark them in to compete all the way down to the end of the, the down to the wire like they did with the Rangers a couple years ago. Um, I just think they come up a little short, but they're definitely going to be in that playoff conversation, both divisionally and in the uh, wild card race as well, even though that that upper tier of the wild card race is going to be exciting. But I think right. Astros come in at two. Um, they add Brian McCann, which I think is really nice. Um, the the big question though, he leaves a nice hitters park at Yankee Stadium to Minute Maid, which is a pretty good it's a good park to hit hit in. Um, but then you got guys like yeah, they brought in Nori Aoki, Josh Reddick, which I think they could. I mean, they could do pretty well in Houston. But I love Josh Reddick. I'm, yeah. I'm a really big fan of his. I uh, loved him with the Red Sox. Loved him with the Athletics. Good trade by the Athletics, obviously, yeah. to move someone like Reddick. Um, no, I, I mean, Carl, and they have Carlos Beltran, who I think is a great hat. They need some veteran leadership because they've got yeah. a lot of young guys. Totally. Uh, George Springer's fun to watch. They, you're right. They've, Evan Gaddis is hysterical to watch. They've yeah, Evan Gaddis is, really, is awesome. Right. And obviously, they have, to me, one of maybe not the best because we'll talk about the next team in a second. But um, Carlos Carrera and Jose Altuve are, I mean, come on, they cannot be more exciting than those yeah, two. Exactly. I mean, Carrera's a monster, and Altuve is a little dude who just can't stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think the question mark for me with them, I mean, they got a great bullpen. They've got my guy, our guy, Ken Giles. Giles. Right. Uh, Giles. Excuse me. I said Giles. Wow. Um, and a couple other really good pieces, Will Harris, and a couple other guys. But yeah. to me. Like we were talking about the World Baseball Classic, what do they have pitching-wise 
That's my the yeah. Starting the the that's starting is the is the big question. Um, compared to the compared to the other two competing teams in the division, I think that's their biggest question mark. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I mean I I always like Dallas, um, and I think he I think he I'm pretty bullish on a rebound for him. But I mean, you're absolutely right. Last year, they only about half of their starts were quality starts, meaning they pitched over six innings and didn't allow what is it four runs. Um, and that was only half of them. So, I mean, that's where they fell short. And that's – you're hitting the nail right on the head 100%. They need to get that in check. Um, they, got some, they got some guys. Yeah. Uh, McCullers and McHugh had one. I was reading about Colin McHugh. He had – Colin McHugh, he had three, three ten win seasons in a row. Yeah. But his ERA has gone up every year. Yeah. So, it, like the Rangers, they're the kind of team that may – if they want to compete, they have to bring somebody in before the deadline. A starter, unless somebody shows themselves. But yeah. Another team that might need to buy a starter at the deadline. I think you're right, and I think the interesting thing is that they they're so young, and they have so they still have a huge pipeline of talent. Um, they could part ways with maybe some closer to ready prospects, or even some guys that are just on their bench. Um, you know, for a, maybe a four or five starter that's a three or a, even a two on a you know a Phillies or a team that's in that. That mid, that middle of the pack, um, which is interesting to talk about that on the, the grander baseball s- scale of if there is still a middle of the pack, but we can talk about that on another time um, in terms of the haves and the have-nots. But right. um, I think you're absolutely right. I think Carlos Correa, it'll be fun to see what happens in a year that we're not all banking on him being an MVP. I think we might have valued him a little too high and thinking – He's going to beat Mike Trout for this. This is the year he becomes baseball's next big superstar. And I think maybe that that might have gotten to him. I, I hope it didn't, and I hope he really does have a great year. So I'm excited to see that. Um, Springer, I think, is going to have a great year. And then um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see Alex Bregman, too. He's another guy that that's yeah. just fun. That infield's just great to watch. Right. Yeah, I know. Fantastic. Um, but – Moving up onto my American League West champion, I think this is the year they finally do it. Seattle Mariners. Look, they've been trying for a long time. Yeah. And uh, they've got a lot of talent. And I'm with you. They're my number two. So I have um, Astros three, Mariners one, uh, two, and Rangers one. I know that's that's the big switch for us. Yeah. But, um, big hot take. I know. You're right. I mean, go. I mean, please talk because you seem to be. I mean, I know you're pretty excited about the Mariners this year. So. Yeah, I think. I mean, the big one that I think is a is a great add is Gene Segura. I think yes. him coming on coming on for that Seattle squad, getting a good guy up top. Um, you know, he doesn't have a pitcher batting in front uh, in front of him now, so I think you'll see him. You know, he's puts the ball in play. I think he gets. A big bump in uh, in RBIs could be a great fantasy guy for that little you know if you need need a uh, you know, that little edge. There's a uh, there's my take on a Seattle Mariner, um, but I think I think he makes a big difference. You see Nelson Cruz who just rakes the ball, and you mentioned it before. He's a he's pretty much plays DH now, but then you got Danny Valenzuela that's on there. Um, but you could also see they have this prospect Dan Volpe. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, but he he could come up at some point, and it really depends on if they can finally click together. Because I mean, the big 
the big hope is that Robinson Cano gets it going like he did all of last year and not a he comes really stumbling out of the gate like he did in 2015. Right, and, and they have to have uh, Kyle Seager. And, oh, yeah. You know, obviously, I mean, uh, Cruz is the really only true outfielder right now, so they've got a bunch of guys there that could that could show up. They need a, one more outfield, outfielder to be a hitter and one to be yeah. a defender. Um, but I think their biggest, they're so deep in uh, their starting rotation. I mean, obviously, King Field looks, um, nope. he's, I think he's going to bounce back. He's a great pitcher. I think so, too. Um, and then... They've got Drew Smiley, uh, Yvonne Gorado, who are big names, so they're kind of the back end. But James Paxson had a great 2016. Yeah. He kind of continued that. So they're so deep at starter that I think they can kind of pitch their way through the division pretty well. I think so, too. And I think uh, playing in a spot like Safeco, um, you know, you obviously have to be a little careful with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, you know, getting Felix on a good year, because that was the big thing, the – the Mariners had played the most tight games, or at least in terms of run one run one run games. They played they were thirty and thirty. They had sixty of their one hundred and sixty two games were decided by a run, which is the best in the major leagues. So I think if you can get that batting order going and you can get the pitching staff going, you're gonna see that number fall. And I think it's it bodes well for the Mariners. I think this is the year they bounce up and I think they finally make it into the playoffs. They have a couple guys. Um, you have this guy Tyler O'Neill who could make his way into the majors. He's pretty. He's pretty damn close to it. They have a couple guys they could trade if they need to add a piece at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they got the. They have this closer. You talked about him. I think Edwin D- Diaz Diaz, who just throws gas. And but he he was a little shaky, so you need to get that under control. Um. But, yeah, I mean, that pitching staff, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, originally, I, I was looking at it, and I, and I was worried that the back end would be would be, would be be trouble. And then as I kept reading more and more about all these different players, I crossed out back end rotation issues on my notes here. <laughs> no, I, they'll be okay. I, I think, once again, they, they're going to be very solid. To me, they're, they're at worst a wild card winner. Yeah. I, I think they're that good. I mean, and that's – Taking into account how good the AL East is, yeah, um, and a bunch of other teams. I mean, baseball is so amazing because so little teams make the playoffs. Yeah, um, after 162 games. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for the Mariners. On, I'd be good for them. That that organization, they just with King Field deserves to be have a couple of great playoff games. So hopefully they can find their way this year. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, finally get an excuse to hang out with Paul. Right. <laughs> Our resident nice. Mariners fan. That would be nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's our that's our division preview. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I was going to ask you MVP, but it's it's Mike Trout. Pretty to, easy to, to me, say. To me, Mike Trout has never risen to the level of LeBron James in the NBA. Yeah, right. Should win it. LeBron should win the MVP every year. To me, Trout is so good that every year he should win it, but he won't. And I, and I understand. Hey, you can't. Give, you don't want to get to the same guy every year. He's not making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'm like I want. I'm such a big Trout fan that I want the Angels to do well. But to me, there's clearly the top three in the division: Mariners, yeah, um, Astros, and Rangers, and they're all going to battle for at least a wild card and probably for the division. Yeah, I agree. And it's almost a microcosm of baseball as a whole. You have a big bottleneck of teams that make the playoffs, and a a bigger gap of teams that just miss out on it. Um, Then you have teams that are clearly on the bottom. You saw it in the National League last year, and I think it's starting to spill over to the AL. 
Um, obviously, still need to cover the Central, but with two divisions, and we've had you know, debatably four in the first division with Greg picking the Yankees to win it. Um, but you, but you see a lot of teams that are starting to come into their own, and teams that are a few years away, and teams that are maybe a little over that peak. But I think there is a little bit of a separation, so it's a, it's an exciting time in the sport. Um, if I had to pick a Cy Young, I might give it to King Felix. I'd love to give it to Cole. He's all he's been in the conversation since he came to the American League. But I think King Felix is a nice bounce back here, and I, that's a big big driver of my Mariners number one. Oh, we're talking Cy Young in the division. Okay, yeah, gotcha. in the division. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was gonna say, ooh, there's a couple guys. No, no, you're right. I, I would say King Felix could easily have it. I think it's between Hamels and Felix. I, I yeah, do, I, I would agree with you, hundred percent. Carrera, Carrera is an MVP candidate in the division. So is Altuve. Yeah. Uh, I wish we could give it to uh, what's his name, um, um, uh, uh, Beltre. Because yeah, love him. yeah, Beltre is great. I'm great for Bobby Cano. Because he just, uh, I mean, if he does what he did last year, where he's just raking the ball, I think that's exciting. I think it's it's fun. I mean, it's it's that's what they paid him for, and that's it's nice to finally see after that shaky start that he's starts it starts getting it going. But you got to really see. I mean, he's got guys that are batting around him. You got Seager, got Cruz. So maybe maybe it's a team effort, but um, yeah, I think you know Correa, Springer, that whole Astros squad is. Uh, it's tough to argue against. Right. But, um, yeah, that's the division preview. Again, um, if you want to help us out with any other divisions, if you are a fan of a team in the remaining four divisions, we have the entire National League and the American League Central, please let us know if you want to help out. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and just shoot us a message, and we will uh, try our best to get you involved. Um, we're going to move on to some segments here. We start with... Uh, the Bleacher Creatures, and man, I got a uh, one that came across my uh, my feed today that I think is pretty hilarious. Have you seen this? Anthony Rizzo apparently last year when the Cubs were down 3-1, um, and in case everyone forgot, the Indians blew a 3-1 lead. Um, I, I think uh, nobody, I don't think anybody remembers that. I don't think it's ever been talked about on the internet, but the, the Indians did blow a 3-1 lead. But Anthony Rizzo apparently, Matt, before every game, would strip down naked and give the Chicago Cubs a pep talk, including one that I think he quoted Rocky Six. The uh, you know it's not it's the uh, you know he gives then he gives his son at the end of the movie, um, but he's doing this naked and apparently like, that the team got so into it I think before Game Seven um, one of the some of the bullpen guys started doing it with him too. And normally we try to reserve the bleacher creatures to, to fans, but this was too good to not mention. Um, we could also rename the segment why baseball players are fucking nuts. Um, but, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty creature-worthy nod. Right. Well, hey, look, i got to say, I speaking of fans and bleacher creatures, this one really isn't funny, but I, I, it's funny in a way. Yeah. Uh, did you see the fan around the field, around the court for the, on the Houston Rockets game? No. Yeah, middle of the, middle of the game. Uh, I'm actually shocked as an as a when you watch basketball that more people don't end up on the court and that more people don't get hurt because of how close they stick to the court. Yeah. It's one of the coolest things about the NBA is that you are so close to the players, you feel like you're right in the action. But it's terrifying to me. I mean, the fan running out is obviously terrible, but yeah. I think it's amazing that well, you see the videos of the old ladies getting hit by 
the, the center or the beer going everywhere. Yeah. I think it's hysterical. The Joel Embiid um, so, uh, screenshot. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing for the sport, and I also find it to be terrifying. I actually never had the opportunity to sit courtside yeah. uh, at, a, at, a, at a basketball game at all. I gotta get one of these days. I need to pull the trigger and do it just so I can see how much taller and more athletic all these people are than me. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's quite the experience, I will say. Um, and you're right; it's different than anything else. I've sat courtside. I've done on the ice. Um, I've done. You know, pretty pretty damn close to right behind home plate, and courtside. Yeah, I mean, I think just because of the freakish nature of a of a basketball player, it's awe inspiring. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the that's the the Cameron Crazies effect of all those things. I mean, that's they're piling people on in there. It's and but yeah, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> basketball fans charging the court and the pros. Right, hey, I, I wouldn't go out there against them. And no. I, so I, he, I looked like one of the guys was going to step into him, but the uh, security got him, so it was all right. Uh, didn't somebody do that last year? Somebody, like some, I think a bullpen coach stopped a fan from charging the field. I don't know if it was the bullpen. I remember there was a soccer game. Yeah, I, I, but I was over in Europe somewhere where somebody got tackled. You might be right. There might have been a bullpen coach who knocked me over. Yeah, something like that, or a, a player in the bullpen in one of like in Wrigley or one of the places where the bullpens in, in the foul territory. Right, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hey, look, the players and coaches who stay away from the fans, you don't know what they've got. It's kind of hard to say, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is why. But moving on uh, to stadium snacks. Um, Matt, what we want to uh, try to address here, because we, we love food. As you and I know, yes. we've gone to many a bar in Philadelphia and, and various other places we visited, uh, Ithaca. and Of course. And various different places tried a lot of food, a lot of beer, which we'll get to in a second. But we want to highlight those for the game day experience. Um, it's been tough with spring training because we haven't really gotten a ton of uh, coverage on the food or really any news of what new food is coming. Um, Philadelphia usually gets a lot of that news of what's coming to Citizens Bank Park. And we haven't seen a lot yet. I think it's tough to match the, the loss of the sh- of the uh, the Schmitter last year. But So I wanted to highlight... Um, some food from the Flyers game that I was at last night. I want to give a little shout out to my dad. He uh, always goes for I don't know the actual name of it. He just calls it the roast beef, but it's this this hot roast beef sandwich they serve at the Flyers. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, uh, you can get horseradish on it, long hots, you know the the usual works, and thing oh, drips, thing drips everywhere because they drop the ajou on it. And it's it's always a go-to whenever I go to a game with my dad. You've had it a couple times, and it's just great. Matt, what uh, what uh, what do you normally get when you go to the stadium? Or is there any food in particular you want to highlight? I know you've been on a, I mean, yeah, a couple I trips a, recently. It's, thing. it's gotta be it's gotta be the chicken and peach cheese fries. Uh, yeah, fries, excuse me, with the with the cheese sauce. I mean, it's, I love it. It's my favorite. Um, yeah, it's really great. Um, but I tell you what, I went out to Pittsburgh for the uh, uh, the stadium series game against uh, Philadelphia uh, and the Penguins. Unfortunately, our Flyers lost. Very tough. Um, Rough year for the Flyers. I know. I can report that um, all of Pittsburgh food, all of Pittsburgh's food, is crap. So that's good to everyone to know. So you from Manny Brothers? Okay, I did go to from Manny Brothers. Yeah. Day. You got the coleslaw on the sandwich. That was pretty fantastic. So from Manny Brothers is the only place I'd recommend in Pittsburgh. I gotta say, Pittsburgh was a great city. Um, you know, it smells a little weird, you know, as a Philly fan, I, you can't be a big fan of Pittsburgh. But, Does it smell uh, clean? 
Yeah, no way. God, they need to cleanse that. The rivers could rise up and clean that city no. out. None of the people of the dirt. Uh, people can live. Uh, I, was, I was more making fun of Philly because it does not smell nice in Philadelphia. No, it does not. No, it does not. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. It's, all, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, so no, I just wanted to report that. I wanted to report that Pittsburgh has no good food other than Bermani Brothers. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's what we that's what we pay you the big bucks for. We, we send you out on these, these high-profile yeah, games. Right. And we expect the we expect the quality reporting, and I'm glad we got that. Hey, that's that's what I'm here for. You can send me whatever you guys want to. I'll go down to World Baseball. I'll go watch World Baseball Classic games. That sounds fantastic. Yo, me, I'd, so. I'd fly to LA next weekend. Go to the that semifinals. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll yeah, talk. We'll, we'll talk. talk. Yeah, yeah, off air. Um, but going over new segment, the beer corner. It's one of our favorite. Uh, one of our favorite. Uh, Columns, I would call it, of the blog, but want to bring it to the the verbal format. Matt, you have a beer you really wanted to talk about. Let's hear it. I do. So there's a great brewery. Uh, I'm hoping most people will try it, but if you've never tried it, it is Anchor Brewery. It's out in San Francisco. Ooh. It is uh, actually the first and oldest they claim to be, but they're very old. Uh, American brewery in uh, a brewery in America. Uh, 1896 was the first year they brewed their beer out there. They are one of my favorite. I love their bottles. I going to sound weird, but I love their bottles. Um, they're really, really cool logos. They've got some great brews out there. They've got the Anchor, Anchor Steam, the California Lager, the Go West IPA, the Liberty Ale. It's all, most of it's Gold Rush uh, kind of themed at, or West themed. It's very, very cool. But they have, and they have the Christmas beer. Our buddy Jim Hart loves this. Uh, every year they come out with a brand new Christmas ale. Yeah. 42, 42 years now. Um, different trade logo. It's always kind of a different taste. But I recently picked up a variety pack of it, and it was uh, it's it's fantastic. It's a great brewery, great brewery. Love to check it out one day in San Francisco. Maybe catching a Giants game. Maybe you never know. Maybe a Warriors game or something like that. Um, but my my beer corner beer is just Anchor Brewery in general. It's fantastic. Pick some up today. You can find it bars around here too a little bit, but most of the time you gotta get it bottled. Yeah. So uh, so good. Yeah, Anchor's uh, solid choice. Oh, yeah, I just, and I, like I said, for some reason I really like the labels, and I really like the bottles. I like what they do. They do really good work. Yeah, the artwork's pretty nice. Um, if I had to pick a beer, uh, shit, because uh, there's a good amount in Philadelphia. I mean, we talked about on the blog last week, maybe, yeah, last week, the Trust the Process IPA that Evil Genius is brewing. Wow. That's so fantastic. Yeah, which uh, we're going to be checking out. That's a, that is it open now or it's about to open, but we're going next week. For uh, Logan and Evan Fest 2017, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Evil Genius Brewery opening up their tasting room. I think it's not a brewery, right? On on Frankfurt Avenue. I'm, I'm, I'm looking right now. I believe it's just a tasting room, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it has not. It's not up yet. It's not up yet. Uh, Are we yeah. going on opening night? It was. I don't know. Did Evan hook us up already? So. Evan, get the. I might Evan, be a, I'm looking through it now. I'm, not, I'm trying to figure it out. Evan and so Nikki we'll getting that. the hot deal. Yeah, hey, why not? Hey, I'd love to go and open it up. We're big brewery guys, and uh, we love beer. I mean, yeah. Who doesn't know beer if you're not American? Um, you're not American if you don't love beer. Um, maybe you're German, actually. Yeah. Um, or but, a lot of hey, other I mean, nationalities. Yeah, I know. Well, say love. You yeah. might be a monk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Someone said something about. Uh, drinking in church and I went you know one day and I say well the monks monks brew beer what's wrong with that not that you should drink in church um but yeah, yeah. so hey that'd be great hopefully this evil genius thing's open yeah. uh so anybody any of our Philly friends you know if uh, you're around Evan and Logan Fest you're right coming yeah. up soon next Friday uh Nikki getting us the hookup shout out to Nikki uh, <laughs> 
But, Matt, one thing, I, I forgot one segment that Greg added to the program last week. Going to ask, we're going to make this sort of our, uh, you know, last question to any guests, but we got to get your answer on the on the uh, the podcast. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, so you have tickets to the World Series. Who are you taking, your boys or your girl? Ooh, the long pause. I think my dad. Yeah, yeah, your dad counts as your boys. Okay, so I'm probably still taking my girl. I'm sorry, I'm probably still taking Bell. But right. uh, if she can't make it, my dad's coming next. So Papa I know D! Be, but, uh, it'll, be, it'll be close. It depends on who's playing. That's Ooh. the other thing, too. Ooh. So I'm an eye now, but I'm, I'm give, taking my girl. Yeah, I gave a similar answer. Emily's a is a good baseball fan. If it's a different yeah, course, sport, right. different Sports sport, fan, right. different answer, but uh, yeah, Mel is... Um, yeah. yeah, shout out to the to the Lucas Thompson family and their uh, their TV seats, which they're they're pretty ballers, you know. Um, Let's talk about shout out to the whole family for their sport, their sport, and their Philadelphia fandom is is fantastic. Oh yeah, fanta- fantastic sports fan, a uh, a great great institution, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, Matt, do you have any segments that you uh, you've listened now to the you've been a part of episode two and you have episode one. Do you have one that you want to add? You know, not yet, but I, I got something brewing. Ooh. For next next time I'm on, we're going to do a segment because I've got to do a little prep work for it. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I got something brewing. So next time I'm on, uh, hopefully soon, we'll lock up something. Uh, we'll do a nice little segment. Awesome. Yeah, and that's that's a good, uh, good segue to the end. That is the show, but we will be back. Um, again, if you are a fan of a team – that we have not covered yet. So American league central and then any of the three national league divisions, I'm thinking, uh, Matt, we might have to part ways for the American, for the Na- national league East. Cause it might be a little too pro Phillies. Um, yeah. I know we got, you got to find a Mets fan. Really. Yeah. Gotta I, find a Mets fan. I, I I'm in talks with some, but, uh, keep, stay tuned on that. Yeah, but if you, ha- but for any listeners out there that are fans, you want to make a con- contribution, you have an idea for a segment of food that you want to see, a beer you want us to talk about, or you find a bleacher creature or a fucking crazy baseball player, please send it to us. Like, share, subscribe to the podcast. We're going to put it on, on SoundCloud like we did with the first episode. So please share that link and uh, go like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, like us on Instagram. Thunderblog Sports and ThunderBLG is what the Twitter handle is. Um, but you know, thank you so much for listening and Matt, thank you for your help. This was great. Oh, always, always. Yeah. So, um, for Matty D, this is the G man closing out this episode of the bullpen cart. Have a good night, everyone.